Welcome to Neighborly. Influence. House number 31, Little Street. Nathan felt that house number 31 was perhaps the most obtrusive of all the houses on Little Street. Colored lights flashed in the windows, music he couldn't imagine anyone enjoying blared at all hours, and there was a giant healing balloon floating up from the garden for some godforsaken reason, and the same person never answered the door twice. It was, in his opinion, a hellish cesspit of noise and visuals. When he was invited to live there, however, he immediately agreed. The leader of House 31, and the one who sent the invite to Nathan, was named Jake Springs. He'd bought the house when he was 16, and according to his recent social media posts, he just turned 18. Jake's social media was mainly clips from the videos he and the others made in House Number 31. Nathan was 17 and dreading his 18th year. That is why he now stands at the door of House Number 31, eyes squeezed shut and fists clenched, begging himself not to have some kind of episode just because he can already feel the base of their music in his feet. Need to make it right, he chants to himself, bumping his fists together until he either calms down or a bruise starts to form. Luckily, this time, it's the former. He puffs out his chest and raps on the door firmly three times. The music cuts off so fast it makes him dizzy. Someone calls something out, but it's muffled behind the door so he can't parse what it is. Footsteps, a low chuckle, and the door is open. Nathan is face to face with Jake Springs himself. Jake smiles a lopsided smile and leans against the doorframe, in a motion that seems practiced yet not forced. Nathan Foster, as I live and breathe! You've kept us waiting long enough. Nathan tilts his head in confusion. I'm here on time, aren't I? You said 10pm. Oh god, did I get the wrong time zone? Jake laughs and shakes his head. <laughs> no, no. I was only... <laughs> You're fine, really. He stops leaning on the doorframe and gestures at the hall behind him. Come on in, Nate. This is your home now. Welcome to Influence. Nathan blinks slowly. He opens his mouth to correct Jake, tell him that he hates being called Nate because he usually does, but... But he likes how it sounds coming from Jake. So he closes his mouth, forms it into a coy smile, and steps into house number 31. It feels electric. As Jake guides him down the minimalist hallway, the lights above their heads fade from lilac to yellow. The music starts again, different this time. Gentle, acoustic guitar. They get out of the hallway, and Nathan cringes, overcome by the stark contrast between the hallway and the communal room they're in now. The walls are murals, painted in collaboration, it seems, by the more artistically gifted members of the house. Large, swirling shapes and patterns in a variety of colors, but not so many that it hurts his eyes. There's a giant couch directly in front of them, where it seems tonight's party is being held. Five complete strangers are sitting there. Someone with a long purple undercut playing guitar. A blonde girl with a bowl of crisps in her lap. A boy in a backwards cap trying to throw paper balls into the trash can on the other side of the room while the boy beside him nudges him violently and laughs when he misses. Nathan is not a very social man. So instead of greeting the group, he points the camera on the ceiling in the corner. 
What's that about? He asks, flinching when a small red light on the camera blinks, a signal that it is indeed recording them. Oh, they're all over the house. You never know when something amazing will happen, Jake replies with a smile. Even in the bedrooms and bathrooms? Nathan asks, incredulous. Jake's smile widens. Oh yeah, come see this. He swaggers across the room, gesturing for Nathan to follow, and opens the door. As he walks closer, Nathan hears a shower running, and as both he and Jake step into the small room, he is confronted with a hell of a sight. There's a tall person with long hair and a nervous expression sitting on a chair in the shower. There are chains wrapped around its entire body. The shower is on, and the droplets practically sizzle against its skin, steam rising over the top of the shower door and making Nathan cough in sympathy. Jake barely reacts aside from a proud grin. There, see that? Sal's doing a challenge we invented. It's kind of the magician of the group, you see. And it's yet to fail at escaping from anything. Jake steps closer and thumps on the shower door twice. You all right in there, Sal? Sal whips the hair out of its face and grins right back at Jake. Get out of here, Springs. You're in my shot. The master is at work. It bows as much as it can with all the chains restricting its movements. Jake barks out a laugh and holds up his hands in mock surrender. All right, all right. I'll just take Nate and get out of your hair. As Jake leads Nathan out and shuts the door gently behind him, Nathan shakes his head, screwing his eyes shut, trying to convert his thoughts into words in a way Jake can understand. I... Jake, I'm not sure about the cameras. I don't like it. Jake freezes and turns heel, tilting his head to the side. Oh? Is it going to be a problem? We're not going to post anything without your remission, and this is a network of content creators after all. I gotta say, buddy, I'm a little disappointed you haven't done your research. I mean, seriously, if you're still this clueless on how influencing works, I might need to link you some Isabel Rutford videos. Nathan has no idea what that means, but the rest of the group snort and cackle at it like a group of high schoolers. The second they stop, they stare at Nathan as if he just ate a live worm in front of them. He sighs. In for a penny, in for a pound. In all his autistic wisdom, he meets Jake's eye and says, No. No, it won't be a problem. Sorry for overreacting. Jake smiles again, and Nathan's anxiety somewhat dissipates. His brain greets that smile as though it were a long-lost friend. No worries, man. It always takes some getting used to, but you'll be one of us before you know it. He claps Nathan's shoulder hard, and Nathan's heart flutters a little. His eye contact with Jake is broken by the blonde girl throwing herself at him, giggling, enveloping him in a tight hug. We'll take care of you, you little cutie. Nathan tenses up. This is too much contact all at once. He's acutely aware of every place that her body is touching his, of the colors jumping off the walls, of the lights around them brightening and flickering between green and pink. He screws up his eyes shut and tries to wriggle away, but she only tightens her grip like a puppy play-biting its owner. He opens his eyes and looks at Jake pleadingly. Jake catches his eye and is immediately tugging at the girl's sleeve. Come on, Violet, lay off. You're making him uncomfortable. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Her voice softened, and he recognizes it as the same voice his mother used whenever he'd fall over as a young child. The almost cloying pity in her voice means his shoulders do not relax even when she moves away. I didn't know you were so sensitive, you poor thing. I'd never... It's fine. He cuts her off his willingness to smile and nod waning by the minute. He turns to Jake again. Do I have a room? I'd really like to unpack. Of course! Uh, tell you what. Chaz! Electra! Jake calls over to the group. The large boy in the backwards cap and the purple-haired person look up. Take Nate here to his room. You know where it is, right? Duh. 
Electra rolls their heavily lined eyes and walks past Nathan, presumably to lead him to his room. Chaz chooses to walk beside Nathan. <laughs> Sorry about Violet, he says once they're out of earshot. She means well, but she can be a bit much. Nathan grunts in acknowledgement and gives him a quick smile. Opening his mouth is suddenly an insurmountable task, and as the three of them climb the stairs, he silently hopes that he will be left alone to recharge once they reach his new room. As luck would have it, the second they reach the door, Electra turns on their heel and leaves with a small two-finger salute. Chaz leans against the wall in front of the door, blocking Nathan's entrance. Nathan bristles and manages to meet Chaz's eye, only to be met with a genuinely warm and friendly expression. Sorry, this might be weird. I'm such a huge fan, man. Can you do your intro for me, please? Just once? Chaz moves his large frame down onto the ground and gives Nathan a playful, pleading look with big eyes and a pout. Nathan barks out a strange laugh before he can stop himself. All right, all right, he manages, before his brain goes into overdrive thinking about his usual intro. One hand on his hip, one hand waving, he speaks. Hey Chaz, Nate the Great here, reminding you that I literally cannot die, and I'm about to prove it. He risks a cheeky wink that has Chaz clapping his hands and squealing gleefully. Perfect. Oh, that was perfect. Oh man, I am so excited to have you here. Nathan zones out for the next few minutes of Chaz's excited waffling. He seems lovely, but Nathan is all out of spoons to dig into this presumably delicious conversation with. He nods and hums politely every time the man stops for breath, but his eyes glaze over and he's looking past Chaz, longingly, at his room. Finally, Chaz takes the hint. Uh, I'm talking your ear off. Sorry about that. I'll let you get acquainted with your new digs. Chaz moves away from the door, past Nathan, and then, just to keep things suitably hammed up, he walks away, backwards, whilst bowing. Nathan watches him go, feeling a little empathetic. He wonders if Chaz has to be on at all times to be allowed to stay here. It hasn't escaped his notice that Chaz is by far the largest member of influence. He shakes his head and finally walks into his room, shutting the door behind him with a relieved sigh. He shucks his backpack off his shoulder and dives right for the bed, not even bothering to get changed beyond slipping his binder off. He needs a nap. He needs to recharge, to just be clear of thoughts and stimulus for a couple of hours. The second his head hits the pillow, he's out like a light. He wakes up to the strong scent of perfume, to curly blonde hair tickling his face. Panic already seeping into his gut, he forces his eyes wide open only to see Violet sitting on his chest and smiling sweetly at him. Good morning, baby. I'm here to take care of you. His first thought is that she's trying something on with him. His second thought is she's touching his chest right now and he hates it. His third thought is smothered along with him when she brings a silk pillow down on his face and presses and presses and presses while he screams and screams and screams. He tries desperately to get his limbs to move, to kick her off, to punch her, do anything, but an unseen force keeps him pinned to the bed. She coos to him, muffled by the pillow, and then whispers, Let go, Nathan. He goes limp, and everything goes white. He wakes up once again to birds chirping. He can't make out what they're saying. He scrambles out of bed and peers outside, but nothing seems out of the ordinary. Sal and David are playing frisbee. That angry girl from house number one is still staring across the street. Everything is fine. He lets out a shaky breath, relieved. It was just a nightmare. 
He must have been more shaken by his introduction to Violet than he thought, but that's all. He walks around his bed, goes to unpack his bag, and trips over something. Steadying himself and looking at the floor, he pales. A silk pillow. He grabs it and storms downstairs, forgoing his own packing plans entirely. When he walks into the kitchen, sure enough, Jake and Violet are there. Jake's in the kitchen, shirtless and drinking a thick protein shake. Violet lays down on the couch, mindlessly scrolling through her social media accounts. He goes right for her, slowly, though he's so angry he can feel his heartbeat in his eyes. Violet, he grits out. She looks up and smiles, that exact same smile, except this time it reaches her eyes. Did you kill me last night? She's unfazed. Oh, yeah, I didn't know you'd be back by morning, that's so cool. A lot of potential, Jake agrees, chuckling to himself as if they're discussing a new apartment and not a man's life. Jake meets Nathan's eye and looks affronted. Whoa, <laughs> you still look a little rough, though. Want a protein shake? He holds one out, and Nathan immediately bats it away, slamming it against the wall and probably ruining the wallpaper. Jake swears under his breath, and the lights flicker red for a moment. No, I don't. I want to live in a house where my roommates will kill me in the middle of the night just because they feel like it. His voice pitches higher, and tears of anger and embarrassment prick at his eyes. Violet opens her mouth to say something else when suddenly Electra is right in front of Nathan. Nathan yelps and jumps back. Is he bothering you, Vi? Electra says, looking Nathan up and down. How did you get here? Nathan yells. He didn't see her come in. She just appeared. She just appeared. They don't even answer. They just raise an eyebrow at him and turn back to Violet. Violet shakes her head, her bottom lip jutting out. Nate's just having a bit of trouble adjusting, that's all. Poor kid. Don't call me that, he all but growls at her. Electra steps closer. The lights go fully red. Jake bangs his fist on the counter. All right, stop it. God, this is not how this was meant to go. Jake looks pleadingly at Nathan. Nate, Nathan, sorry. We were just... It's an initiation thing, okay? You're not the only one with powers. He takes a deep breath, and the lights dim, then turn white. I don't understand, Nathan replies shakily. Jake looks so vulnerable, so stressed. Nathan died last night, and he still can't help feeling sorry for the guy. David and Sal come clattering into the room. Everything all right, friends? We heard yelling, David said. His voice is smooth, soft, and Nathan finds himself wishing he'd hung out with this guy yesterday instead of going to bed. Sal looks at Electra in Nathan's close proximity, then at the large green stain on the wall, the plastic bottle on the floor, and then over at Jake. This again, huh? I remember going through this with Chaz. It snorts out a laugh and then strolls over and sits next to Violent. With... With Chaz? What do you mean? Nathan bristles. Sal rolls its eyes and grins at him. Chaz was our newest member until you came along. Also our biggest coward until you came along. See, the thing about influence is that we're very... selective about who we keep in the house. You can't get mad at us for having initiations. The initiation being... killing me? Nathan says, quiet but with a definite edge to his voice. Sal shrugs. I'd be lying if I say we never killed anyone before. Well, that's not the point. Jake quickly interrupts. That's an oversimplification, Sal. What, 
What it means is that everyone in this house has their own powers, and everyone's powers need to be tested to see if they're legit. Nothing wrong with that. So, what? I'm officially in now? Can you, at least, give me that? Nathan pleads. David makes a high-pitched noise, and Nathan's eyes travel to him. That's also an oversimplification, Nathan. You've seen Influence's social media pages, right? He had. He thought there was editing and CGI involved. The longer he spent in this house and didn't meet an editor, the more shaken he felt. David stared at him and then laughed warmly. No CGI, Nathan. No tricks of the light. No smoke and mirrors. Just us. Nathan feels his heart drop. He thinks back to the video clips he saw, a video of Jake going about his morning routine, where any time he shifted slightly, Electra could be seen behind him. David talking to the people on the street, casually dropping something they had been thinking about into the conversation. His stomach turned as he remembered the video of Sal and the garbage disposal. There had been gratuitous amounts of blood and screaming. If it hadn't been faked, Sal should be missing an arm. Oh, David claps his hands together. Sal, he hasn't figured out your power yet. I know you like doing this part. Sal sits up straighter and meets Nathan's wide eyes. I can regrow my limbs within about seven hours of cutting them off. Hurts like hell, but the views we get are insane. That's also how I chose my name. It gestures enthusiastically. Sal, short for Salamander. That's how you escaped yesterday. It isn't a question. Nathan's voice feels distant, even to himself. He feels like he might faint, but fights it off, terrified of what these people would do to him if he went unconscious in their house again. Sal nods. Yeah, way easier to escape when you have no limbs. That's why I was in the shower, get rid of the blood easier. You're all insane! It comes out of his mouth before he has a chance to think about it. The lights turn red again, and that's when Nathan remembers his favorite influence video. A simplistic one. Jake standing still and pulling faces at the camera while the colored lights changed around him. He smiled when they turned yellow, frowned when they turned blue, gritted his teeth when they turned red, made his eyes wide and frightened when they turned orange. Nathan thought it was just a video Jake made when he was bored. He understands now. As he turns and immediately takes a hit to the face, falling to the floor, he finally understands. The lights aren't decorative. They're Jake's power. As Nathan groans and his cheek throbs, he looks up to see Jake standing over him, a dark look on the man's face. The mask is off, and Jake is finally who he really is. Not a teen making silly videos for the public, but the leader of a high-status band of murderers. Jake snaps his fingers, and then Electra brings a heavy object down on Nathan's head. He falls into the darkness once again. He wakes up chained to a lawn chair in the garden of house number 31. The rest of the gang are also sitting in lawn chairs around a barbecue. Nathan spots some phones and realizes they must have been recording a video with him, dead and chained up, just out of shot. He briefly wonders if it has anything to do with the balloon, but when he looks up he can see it in all of its glory. And something he didn't notice before. Written across the balloon is the word influence in bold. Ah, it's an advertisement. He grunts and strains against his ties. 
His face is still sticky with blood, and as ridiculous as it is, all he wants in that moment is to be able to wipe it off. It's all he can concentrate on. Out of the corner of his eye he sees movement, and then there's a gentle hand wiping his face with a wet cloth. I could hear you thinking, David murmurs. It sounded like it might lead to a meltdown. I know we're not... I just didn't want that. Nathan mutters his thanks, eyes still glassy as he tries to process what's happening. Jake is sitting directly across from him, and though his facade is calm and smiling, his face is illuminated only by the red lights shining through the windows of House 31. You could be someone great, Nathan. You could be famous. Help people. Either that, or you could fight us every step of the way, and make life a whole lot harder for yourself. Nathan meets Jake's eyes, undeterred. I guess there's only one thing left for you to do, Nathan, Jake says, his voice stony. Choose. A month later, someone new arrives on Little Street. After getting lost and spending at least five minutes trying to figure out which was House 31, she finally arrives at the front door. A man behind the door calls out fresh meat, and when it swings open, she gasped. Nathan Foster and David Castillo smile warmly at her. David's arm around Nathan's shoulders, one of Nathan's hands coming up to meet it and lock their fingers. She thought to herself that, standing there, they looked like the poster for a cheesy rom-com. Nathan beckoned her in with his free hand. Nice to meet you, Faye. We've been so excited to see you. Faye blinked and saw through the walls, determined not to embarrass herself by bumping into anything. She tilted her head in confusion when she saw dirt tracked through the halls, and the rest of the housemates gardening instead of shooting videos. David gave Nathan a wry smile, and then moved aside to let Faye step in. Don't mind the mess, David purred. We've just been doing some work on the garden. Once it's done... I'm sure you'll agree it's simply to die for. As Faye steps into the house, the lights flicker orange. Neighborly is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 international license. Today's house was written by Reese Geisman with dialogue editing by Kit Robson, soundscaping by Matthew O.K. Smith, music by Alex Schwartz, and art by Cloudy Apple Art. The narrator is voiced by Matthew O.K. Smith. To find out more, visit neighborlypod.card.co or follow us on social media at neighborlypod. If you enjoyed listening today, information on how you can support us will be included in the episode description. Most of all, we would appreciate it if you told a friend because they might tell a friend, they might tell a friend, and who knows, eventually God might finally listen to us. Today's scientific abstract reads, Freeze response of Capra and Densis. Why does the Andean airbag stand so still? It's like it's taxidermied or something. Thanks for listening. Come back soon. Hey there, folks. Your host and pal Jess here. If you're hearing this, that means you found our frequency. Or maybe it found you. If it's my voice trickling out of your speakers, however it may have gotten there, that means you're tuned in to Nowhere on Air. 
our little community radio show here in Braden, Alberta, where we do our best to keep you updated on the who's, what's, when's, where's, and why's of our little town. The hows, however, are usually a different story. You know how it is around here. If you don't, and you'd like to, we invite you to tune in the 10th and 21st of each month. Maybe you've sensed a shadow coming. A storm rising and writhing just over the horizon. Or something like a voice calling on the wind. Something you remember from a dream. If you have, find us wherever you get your podcasts. Or on Twitter at NowhereOnAir for information, updates, and more. Listen close. Don't wander off. Especially out here. Thank you.